I'm about to go in on the Cowboys. Here we go. Welcome to MVP News, where we get real about football. And now to your hosts, Mike Pagano and Paul Helmers. What's going on, everybody? This is MVP News. I'm Mike Pagano. I'm here with Paul Helmers. What's going on, Paul? Hey, uh, do you feel like um, the three worst fan bases, like the most obnoxious fan bases, got all got eliminated in one weekend? Actually, almost Who's four. Who's the third? Almost four. Like Patriots fans, obnoxious. I, I'm with you there. Right? Cowboys fans, obnoxious. I'm with you there. Steelers fans, obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Steelers fans are obnoxious a little bit. And but you I know, feel like you know if what there's I ever just... a year for them to be humble, it's this year. Like, they had to know <laughs> that, was happening, that was happening, right? Well, uh, you know you know what I was just thinking, too? Raiders fans can be kind of obnoxious, too, can't they? No, no, no. Eagles oh, fans can and be And Eagles fans. All the, Maybe all so football did, fans are obnoxious. Did all the, well, did all the obnoxious, because actually, Eagles are probably more obnoxious than the Patriots, really. Dude, Eagles are more obnoxious than anybody, like, personally. Like, yeah, they're not as trolly as Patriots fans and everybody. Like, I feel like Eagles fans aren't prominent online for trolling that I see. Probably on Twitter, everybody's prominent there. But, like, Facebook-wise, um, but in person or, like, in their own stadium and stuff like that, like, they can be the most obnoxious human beings ever. Don't be at the bar with an Eagles fan. I can't tell you how many times, though, that I've heard, like, um, Steelers fans be like, oh, yeah, I mean, six championships, you know, six Super Bowl rings. It's not, you know, we just have the most of any team, which they don't oh, anymore. Oh, they're the first team to point out their rings more right. than the Cowboys. Well, and then and the Cowboys and then do it a lot. I, I always say, like, oh, okay, cool, you have six, but four of them were from the 70s. And, well, yeah, I mean, we took a couple decades off, let other people win for once. We figured we'd let people do that. You like, know what just, I say? That's just, your father's uh, team, ugh. sir. Ugh. It's not your team. <laughs> and if your father wasn't a Steelers fan, it definitely isn't your team. But uh You can't claim that. But no, yeah, they, it is a good weekend of football. Although I will say, as a Seahawks fan, I wanted the Niners to lose. I was actually rooting for Dallas, but they let me down. And since we're talking about it, let's dive into it and say something about this Cowboys team. I I just want to say something to you, Cowboys fans, okay? A lot of you have been online saying, you know, like, the umpire this, the umpire that, the umpire this, the umpire that. So for 59 minutes and 45 seconds, your team had ample opportunities to win this game. But this final 15 seconds is when it matters to you. That's, that's when it really happened. And I think I've said this quote more than once on the air, but as a coach once told me, don't ever put yourself in a position where the ref can determine the game with one small thing. Like, never. So, first of all, you could check that BS. I had someone, I told Paul about it earlier, someone saying, like, how come the Cowboys just live in everybody's mind? Because they did something stupid on national television while there were no other games on. So, if you're not familiar, if you've been living under a rock, with 14 seconds left, the inside their own 40, not their own 40, right? Inside the 40, my bad. Inside the 40. Yeah, they were, they were in uh, Niner territory. Yeah, in Niner territory. With uh, down six, so they can win it, not just tie it. The Cowboys have the ball, and 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 context here: the the like five plays prior, they drove down the field like forty yards with like only taking seven seconds off the clock, like really 
because they had the ball, then they gave it back, then they got it back with like 30 seconds left or something like that, 30, 40 seconds left. Like they really drove down the field well. And then on, on first, uh, on this final play, I mean, they do a QB draw. Dak runs the ball down the center of the field, slides, a slider get tackled. I can't even remember now. Uh, he give himself up or did he go to he got tackled? I think he slid, but it was late. Yeah, and then um he gets up, spots the ball, and they go to snap a play, but the umpire doesn't get there quick enough to touch it, so they can't snap it, and then um the game is over, right? So here's my problem. Oh, they, yeah, they snapped and they snapped and spiked, but uh whether they snapped it in time or not, like the time expired during the play if they did snap it in time. You know what I mean? So that like regardless, game's over. And then the rest called end of game without any kind of uh, any kind of like review well, you can't from review New York that. or anything what are you like do? that. Well, the, there were people who said they thought maybe the rest would review the placement of the like the QB draw. They want to get the yard placement right. But in my opinion, if you do that, you basically just gave the Cowboys a timeout. You know, I don't think yeah, that's, that's right. That's not fair. And also. They don't need to review that. The people are just saying that because they're angry. If anything, the one thing that they probably can review, because I've seen them do this before, look at the hot, the review to see exactly like what time the ball got snapped and spiked. Because I've seen them do that to get the proper time, like for penalties or something. They'll look back at the review and be like, "All right, the game clock was on it's 27 seconds. Reset the game clock 27 seconds." Like I could see them going in there in slow motion, watching the snap and spike, and see did it make it. Like, why not? And I'm not mad if we made that, if the challenge committee made that something you could challenge, like, post-game. You know what I mean? Like, right after the game, if you feel like the clock was not, like, because it is, the refs are human. They're watching the clock while watching you. So, like, there is that split second that you have to change your eyes from, you know, the ball being snapped to the clock. But like you said, though, if it was that close, then you, no matter what, even if you snapped it in time, the spike happened at zero. You know what I mean? Like, well, and the the... The big thing is people are people are dogging the play call, and I kind of agree. But at so I'll, I'll just say this: Oh no, that play call was horrendous. I, I'll say um, there were uh, there was talk. Uh, I forget where I heard it. I heard it on some show. They were talking about um, a player saying that the line of demarcation in certain coaches, like a Belichick or a John Gruden or you know whoever guys who had been around a long time. Um, <clears throat> which you know in in the other argument well in in this argument defense you know Mike McCarthy has also been around a long time but um their line of demarcation was like 17 or 18 seconds and the Cowboys had 14 seconds when they chose to do a QB draw you know what I mean like 4 seconds less than what other coaches say after this mark we are no longer doing QB draws right so like so it could be a bad play call in that instance now Oh, so McCarthy said something about what you're saying. I'll I'll let you know what he said. Oh well, so so anyway, I um I know that the Cowboys said that they practiced the play a whole bunch and all this stuff, and uh that went into that was factored in too. And they were saying, well, so if you practiced it and you figured out that every single thing went right, and you maybe had two seconds left, right? Is that really worth it? Because chances are good in the moment. When the ref isn't prepared for you to take off 15 yards up the middle, right? Like, it's not going to go perfect, you know? You want to, instead of, and then I feel like the other side that really irks me too is like Dak Prescott said 
He said, we practice this play all the time. We practice it a whole bunch in practice. And, uh, and we didn't, that's not something that we prepared for. Well, isn't that the goal of every single pro football player and pro football coach is to be prepared for every single situation possible? Isn't that it's the idea? the coach's responsibility to make sure they are. Well, regardless, if, it, if it's the head coach, if it's the offensive coordinator, if it's the quarterback, whoever, some, you're telling me none of, the, none of the coaching staff and none of the 11 starters on offense were like, yo, but what if the ref doesn't get there in time? Like, nobody, nobody thought of that? Yeah, it's, and if, it's ridiculous. And if you're coming out and saying, oh, well, we just weren't prepared for that, well, then you weren't prepared for the game, and you, that's why you lost, because you weren't prepared. And like, like, but so regardless of all that, okay, I don't think it's a terrible play call. And a lot of people are dogging it saying, oh, why would you do anything in the middle of the field? Throw to the sideline. Like I know for a fact, I, where I heard this cowherd said this, right? He was saying, throw to the sideline. Cause instead of two plays, now you can get three plays. You can get an extra play. And isn't three better than two? Well, three incompletions isn't better than two positive gains. And uh, I, I would also like to say that if you look at San, Fran San Francisco's defense, right as they're calling a quarterback draw, they had their safeties all the way on the edges of the field. They were not covering the middle of the field at all. But, now, that's, but that's the right, point, right, though. Well, like, they're no, not because so, they so know I'm you saying, don't have the balls. Right, but I'm saying, like, oh, okay, that, that's good defensive planning. I'm not, I'm not dogging the night, but I'm saying – the only part of the field that was open was the middle of the field. You couldn't throw to the sidelines because they blanketed the sidelines, right? But so see, you can't say, oh, you, you should have just thrown to the, the sidelines. So, okay, so, so th if you throw to the middle of the field, do you think the ref's going to get there any, any quicker than running well, no, to the I middle of the field? I believe that you can – so Dak has to run, and he's not as fast as his wide receivers. Like, that takes him more time to get to where he got than a quick throw. Your fast wide receiver catches it there, goes down. Like, and I hands feel the like, ball to the ref, right, instead of the center, right? That's yeah, because he's part. also out there by himself. And even that, even if, the, even if he doesn't and he puts the ball down, whatever, though, it's not about the ref getting there quicker. I feel like the ref would have more time to get there because QB draws are slow. Well, I, I also um, – I think the big part of the play that went wrong isn't so much that he ran the ball to the middle of the field and people are freaking out about that. If you're going to call the play, that's fine. Get your first down, get down, right? Don't run for 15 yards. Slide. slide. Like when he get, when get he five, called 10 that yards, play. right? Get five or 10 yards, slide, hand the ball to the ref, not the center, move on, right? Yeah, you I was always yelling when he wasn't the getting down. Like that was the biggest issue with me. Like, like, bro, like, what do you think you're about to get the touchdown? Right. So he's not going to score running on that play. Not from that far out. Not with his athleticism. Not with a prevent right? defense. Like they, right. it might have been open happen. where he's running, but they're back there. Right. They're getting. They're going to close on you. And what are you going to juke them all out and break all the tackles? Well, no. So just get get five, get ten, maybe get down, hand the ball to the ref. Line up, spike. Now you got a. Now you got another shot at the end zone from a closer distance, which is where Mike McCarthy's uh, thing came in, where he said, uh, "Would you rather be running a hail mary from the fifty, or running a, uh, or running four verticals yeah. from the no crap or whatever tub, five tub. verts from from the twenty five? And I agree with him. That's that's yeah. true. 
Well, Everybody would agree with him. Cowherd also said, there. oh, but you said those were the only two options, but those weren't the only two options because you could have thrown the ball to the sideline. Okay, so what happens when you throw the ball to the sideline and it's incomplete? I think okay, you're more so just now upset at Cowherd well, than you are. Well, no, no, no. Right, well, I'm just saying these these are arguments that he made. This is a show that I, I listened to that where I heard some of these arguments. But I, in, in defense of the Cowboys, what happens when you throw to the sideline, which they're blanketing, and it's incomplete. What happens? Okay, so now it's a loss of down and loss of two or three, you know, probably four seconds. And also, you didn't gain any yards, so you're still at the 50 or wherever, you know. It was like 50, 40, somewhere around there. So you're still really far out, but now you have less time and you're lo- you lost a down, right? Now I get downs aren't super important because it's going to be four down territory and everything, whatever. But um. Okay, now let's think about the other way. Uh, what happens when they're blanketing the sidelines and you force a throw to the sideline anyway because you can't you can't even look at the middle of the field in this situation and they intercept it because the game's over anyway. So what did you really like? There's only two. This the the I think it was Bill Parcells said. Um, there's there's only three things that can happen when you throw the ball and two of them are bad. I mean, yeah, the odds aren't in your favor. So so I guess what, like, my point is, I don't think it was like, I feel like people are really, really dogging the play call, and then some people calling for Mike McCarthy to be oh, fired. I'm dogging it, and, and I'll everything. tell you why when you're but, done. But I just feel like maybe it wasn't the worst call, maybe it was poor execution. Get down earlier, get the ball to the ref, spike the ball after that, you know what I mean? Like, is the 30 really worse than the 25? Is the 35 really that much worse than the 25? You know? Like, get, just get down. Here's why I dog it. Because I'm in a complete disagreement with you because I get it. Yeah, if the middle of the field is the only thing that's wide open, then yeah, why not? But not after a certain point. And I know that they have thresholds and whatnot. For running the ball, my threshold's at least 30 seconds. Like, I don't care because, you, like you said, anything can happen that can ruin what, like how this plays out. And like I get it, like they're on the sideline, but that's how football is. The final a minute drive with no timeouts, like they're gonna blanket the sidelines no matter what. Now, granted, they obviously uh, they blanketed it, and that drive they uh, on that play they did it a little more hard. I still remember seeing them lined up, like you said, the wide open in the middle. But I mean, even think about like, okay, let's say you get that, and then. You have to take a throw from 30 yards to the end zone. They're going to blanket the end zone. because What, are you going to just not throw in the end zone because it's blanketed? No, you get the ball in there. Same thing goes with the sideline. Like, to avoid the defense, and, and you basically fall into the defense's plan. They're like, hey, we're going to blanket the sidelines. I dare you to fucking just, oh, look at me cursing. I dare you to waste your time um, and, and go down the middle of the field. All right, we're smart. We're going to do exactly what the defense wants us to do. That's not smart, you know what I mean? So that's my argument is that this is a very dumb play because it would be great at 30 seconds, at 45 seconds. Catch the defense off guard, do this. You, you lose a little extra time doing it, but you gain 20 yards or whatever. But when you're in that final 15 seconds, bro, you've got to be making very calculated decisions. And we've seen time and time again where Mike McCarthy does not. And the fact that he comes out defending it, I get it. He's the head coach. But, like, you can be... You could be humble and admit that you were wrong. Like, maybe I shouldn't have did that instead of sticking to your guns. So he came out and said, um, we had great confidence in the situation because we were just trying to get inside the 30-yard line to change the play call for the final play. So it's the right call based on our preparation. But like Paul said, 
Dak, Dak admitted that this wasn't something that they prepared for. Well, so, it's, it's like they, it's like they did, but they didn't. You know what I mean? Like they they prepared for the situation, but they didn't factor in. Like it's like they they prepared for the situation on a video game, or they prepared for the situation on paper. They didn't consider like what if this guy lays on deck a little too long? What if your team isn't lined up when it's time to go? What if the ref doesn't get up there? What if, uh, and here's, and you, exactly know, you know what, what I mean? Like said? there's all those, there's, there's tons of errors that come in. It's operational risk management, right? It's a, like, it's a simple thing. So, so it's like they did prepare, but they didn't prepare well, you know? But listen to this. McCarthy said, it's a 13-second threshold is the call. So that 14 seconds, in my view, that's the right call. So what McCarthy was saying, with 14 seconds left on the clock, he ran a 13-second threshold play trying to really get one second. Are you kidding me? That's the risk you were willing to take? You knew well, that that play would take 13 seconds. So all it would take is one small mistake of not being perfect to get the 14 seconds. And what happened? The ref bumped into the line because your line blocked like it was trying to block for a run. Like, he purposely, like, how do you not realize, like, bro, I'm leaving one second chance on this? Well, not not just that, but it's interesting that for him, 13 seconds was their, was their threshold when other coaches, like Bill Belichick is known as, like, the most prepared coach ever, right? And his threshold is 17 to 18. I think that's interesting too. That's an and, that's a much better and, yeah, exactly. And that maybe, threshold makes sense. Maybe that's maybe that's part of that lack of preparation is that like it's it's almost like with thir- with a 13 second threshold you'd think like did you factor in no air it, it Bro, literally I would like, never run a play. How, how long that do you think low. it takes Dak to run that far? Yeah. Well, and and like or, so you have to let the play develop then take off and then he's not going to run straight line forward and stop. Right, he's gonna have to move around a little bit. He's got to hit a hole, and then he's gonna have to dodge some tackle because he wants to get a couple extra. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's it really is like they they plan this out on a piece of paper or playing Madden. That's what it feels like. So, so it's like yeah, on they, paper it looks fine. It's like but they, how it plays out in life is not fine. And they so they can say, hey, we prepared for this. This was in our plans. We wanted to do this. This is what we. This is what we envisioned was this happening but you didn't factor in any other things and and and, i mean i know i brought up operational risk management but but seriously it's like like what can possibly go wrong i want to know that you have really thought out what can possibly go wrong and how you plan to mitigate those risk factors right and one of those risk factors would be ref error right he's got to run his own not to mention that how old do you think that ref is Mm-hmm. I, I, no I mean, idea. he's probably fifty. He's fifty or sixty, and he just refed a whole game. Like, and you expect him to run, sprint up to the line, to, like right as Dak gets there. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's not going to happen. See, you know that the guy who marks the ball is behind you. You know that because it's the NFL, and you've been doing it a while. You want to know why, though? I think a lot of people are giving the Cowboys so much crap, and I'm gonna tell you why I am, and I, I just assume some others are as well. If they just ran that play, it failed, and then like McCarthy came out and said, "We tried, we thought we could do it in time, and it just failed." Like that's that's one thing, but when people start getting mad at the umpire, like it's his fault, and oh, even yeah, McCarthy, yeah, yeah. 
McCarthy disputed the suggestion that Prescott should have handed the ball to George instead of the center. George is the ref, right? So the fact that even McCarthy's disputing it makes me so angry because it's like, bro, you're not an idiot. You coach in the NFL, and this is something and everybody that watches Super football before. knows. And like this idea, so what? I'm going to say what McCarthy said before I say what really makes me upset. So he said that the center can spot the ball, the receiver can spot the ball, so, and then uh, the opinion is in brackets, so I don't know what he actually said here, but so the opinion that you can't spot the ball is, is not correct. So he's saying it's not correct if you think that these guys can't spot the ball. He said, so the sp- center can spot the bar, ball. Our guys are trained to spot the ball exactly how the referee spots the ball. Obviously, he adds, the umpire has to come in and all he has to do is touch it. Okay, stop for a second. That is the biggest crock of BS I've ever heard, and here's why. Because if you noticed in that replay, when the ref spot it, he moved the ball back right. a yard. Because the ball, no, you cannot spot your own ball, especially on a first down oh, play. Oh, no, no, no. It, well, I, I guess his point isn't that, um, his point is that his people are capable of spotting the ball, right? Like, not, not that the rules allow them to spot the ball, but that they're capable of spotting the ball as if, like they were yeah, the Yeah, but you just so, cost yourself more well, time. It's it's so that like he's saying we train them to spot it just like they do so that in this case they can get on the ball, have it lined up, ref touches the ball cuz he all he has to do, like the rule is all he has to do is touch it. So that's yes, him that spotting it and he gets out, right? But instead you have like because your guy spotted it wrong. So either Maybe this, maybe the spot was. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, the, the, and that's the, the thing, though. The, you see that the all the time. Is, that the ref doesn't just the ref never comes in and just touches it. Well, they always lift up, even if it's only like an inch. They always do like a lift up and put down. And like, I get it. You're saying technically, my guys can spot it. Yes, but you're the one messing with a one second threshold here, oh, or right, a one right, second right. difference between we're, thresholds. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Yeah, so, but here's my, uh, and all the fans getting upset about it. Like, that's my main point is if if players can just spot their own ball and they don't have to worry about the refs moving it and whatnot, like, why do the refs have to touch it and this, this, and that? Like, because then you're just giving away free yardage. And, I mean, let's be honest, it might not sound like much, but would you rather get a shot from 22 or 23? That extra yard is an extra yard. We've seen games end with inches being the difference between a uh, touchdown. I'll be, well, I'll be honest. I don't care about where the play starts if, if it's that close. No, it, you don't care. But my point is the refs and like the technical right, rules, to, it theoretically, has to matter. Because if, yeah, I mean, theoretically you would. Because if you said, like, let's say they mark it at the 22 instead of the 23, and they only have 22 yards to go, and then they do get another play, and then they, you know, they, they stretch it out inches and barely make it in. And then you're like, oh, well, if they had one less yard, but I mean, the play would develop differently. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but yeah, but it wouldn't. At the end it of the day, it wouldn't really it's change be that accurate. much. But but my point is just that it's like they they think they prepared, but they didn't prepare well. And uh, now that we're we've spent all this time on the Cowboys, all like the only other thing I can think is like people are saying we need to fire Mike McCarthy because uh, of this, and I'm like, well, Kellen Moore called the play. And they're like, yeah, but Kellen Moore would be a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. Uh, would he? Because uh, Mike McCarthy's been doing this for a while, and he's got a he's got a ring to show for it. Yeah, but I can defend those people in one instance that McCarthy, just like when I tried to say that Pete Carroll didn't call that play on the one-yard line, and people would throw right in my face immediately, yeah, but he's the head coach 
in a Super Bowl in no, the final seconds. You think you don't know what's happening? No, you're right. He's on the headset. He heard it. And that's even been established that McCarthy was on the headset and he did hear the play call and obviously greenlit it because he didn't say, no, don't do that. Right. But like, that's not my, like, I'm not saying that McCarthy holds no culpability for it, but I'm saying, why would Kellen Moore make a better head coach than Mike McCarthy? Yeah, no, that one, part. But I'm right. not defending that part. That, but but that part's but wild. uh, but and and not to mention, like, so all season long, Kellen Moore's been calling the plays, right? Kellen Moore's called the plays in every situation, but in this situation, no, I'm not going to let you do it anymore. Why would you do that? Kellen Moore calling well, the plays a, is what got from you from personal where you're experiences at. in the Super Bowl. Uh, sometimes you might have to step in and be like, all right, you've been well, calling plays but, all season, but, but that's no, stupid. No, because that's Daryl Bevel's the guy who called the plays all season. It's Daryl Bevel. Bevel's yeah, the well, guy. I hired you to do this job, and you've done it all season, but now in this one instance you're not allowed to do it? I don't think so, man. And I'm not saying, like, it's just in the – the Seahawks one's a little different because they had the time to decide what they were going to do, right? They had a whole 40-second play clock to do all this, right? It wasn't like they're rushed in the moment trying to get things going, which is, I feel like, a little different. But it's still, like, I, I back it either way. If, if your offensive coordinator has been calling plays and making those decisions all season long, and that's what the agreement has been all season long, I'm not changing it for anything. I'm not changing it now. I would change it after a game if I was like, bro, you called a terrible game. This is the third time you've done that in a row. Now I might change it. But in one moment for one play, no, the head, the OC is the guy who's been doing it the whole time. And it's not like we think Kellen Moore's a bad coach or a bad coordinator. I think he does fine. So you let him do his thing. But I digress. The, the, the other thing is the, the refs didn't lose the game for you. Uh, the fact that you were the most penalized team all season uh, and you're the only team. You, I think they tied the, uh, the NFL record for penalties in a playoff game. And, oh yeah, um, uh, very. Again, I mean, that's on coaching. You had uh, I, there was there was one play I know where the Cowboys got a big time stop, and then uh, Randy Gregory like tackled an offensive lineman. So they called they called defensive holding, and it was on a run play. And you're like, dude, what? Really? It's gonna be holding automatic first down? And then they show the replay of Randy Gregory literally grabbing like body slamming an offensive lineman. I'm like, okay, well that kind of is defensive holding. Like, you can't even deny it. You know, it wasn't a ticky-tack foul. Like, you clear as day grabbed the guy who was supposed to be yeah, blocking. 100%. And drove yeah, him that, on the that, ground there for was no a, reason. That's why I said it didn't. That game didn't come down to the final seconds. That game was lost in the entire game oh, yeah, of how they, they played. And they trailed the whole game. What's like, funny they, is you, I just read that no... McCarthy did say one thing at the end that he told uh, Prescott in the future they're going to do uh, only 10 yards on that play instead of 17. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm sure he said it like, as a you know being a smartass, but still like, like you should say that. And in yeah. his defense too, <laughs> in his defense too, like sometimes you do things and you learn from it. You know, they I'm sure everyone who plays for the Cowboys and is in the Cowboys organization right now, I'll be honest, I'm sure everyone in the entire football community watched that and said. Okay, 10 yards it is, you know, <laughs> like, hey, in case this moment comes up and we decide to run this play, what can go wrong? You know what I mean? Like, it, this has been beat to death so hard that well, I'm sure I will say this, though, the whole uh, football community has 
thought thoroughly about We mainly this talked about the last 15 seconds, and I know we've been harping on the Cowboys, so we'll move on from them. But I will say, uh, Dak Prescott altogether, um, I, I texted you at some point in this game saying it's time to find out if Dak is great or just really oh, good. Well, you said um, that you said that when the uh, Niners had to give the ball back to him. Yeah. And I don't think that's really game, necessarily fair because also Dak Prescott didn't have a single pass play where he was like uh, allowed to step back, set his feet and throw. You know what I mean? Okay. That's like, Russell Wilson's career. The No, no, no. I'm not. I, well, I'm not saying you're wrong, but in Russell Wilson's career, um, he's lost in the playoffs also. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, I, get, I it, get that but... Russell Wilson did get a Super Bowl. In what his second season, okay, when they had the league's best defense and the league's best run game, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. Okay, well the Cowboys don't have the league's best defense or the league's best run game, so this isn't really a apples to apples situation. Dak was forty twenty three of forty three, so I mean, what like a sixty percent, maybe fifty five percent, fifty five probably, two hundred fifty four yards, one touchdown, and one interception, a twenty seven quarterback rating. Yeah, but I mean. You've never been a fan of quarterback rating before. 69 passer rating. You've never been a fan of passer rating before. I'm just giving you the numbers, man. Dak, <laughs> but, Dak was I, very disappointing I'm in that not game. Saying, I'm not saying that Dak Prescott had a great game. I'm just saying that, like, in that, you're, you're like, what I want to say. Or you, how about this? You tried, to, you tried to give Dak Prescott a grade based on this tiny, um, like, uh, Water down. I was just like, saying that if he's elite, moment. this is where he leads his team. Like that would have been something. You know those moments that live with you forever. That could have been one of his moments. That's all I was saying. Like because as a, as an elite quarterback, you have to have those moments people can draw back to. Those two oh, moments right. where Aaron Rodgers did some stuff and Tom did some stuff and Pat did some stuff. Like so, well, Dak Tom, doesn't have I mean, a lot Tom of Tom Brady's moments. moments are the final drives in the Super Bowl where he. Nickels and dives you down that's the field all he in the two-minute right? drill, and they get the game-winning field goal. And that's the which thing. is great, now, by the way. It's so fun to watch. But <laughs> and now, whenever Tom gets the ball in the final minute and a half, we all assume he's going like, to win. Oh, it. he's going to do it. <laughs> and then there's games where he doesn't. But like, Too much we time. still, yeah, <laughs> we always assume it. But like with Dak, like he just, you know, he didn't capitalize on a moment. Like whether it's his fault or I'm not, t- like that could have been good for his legacy. But talk about Zeke. Also, I know Cowboys. Oh. I said I'm going to make you cry, but like. 31 yards from Zeke. Your team did not look like the team coming into this game from uh, the regular season. Zeke, I'll be honest, the Cowboys need to abandon the Zeke um, like train, you know, where you think that Zeke Elliott is going to be your bell cow back. You need to abandon that. You need to, you need to uh, figure out ways to work him in to, to get him productive while also utilizing the best running back on your roster, which is Tony Pollard right now. Um, but... Enough about the Cowboys. We can before we leave this game though, I want to say what terrified me is that Jimmy Garoppolo basically tried to hand the game over to the Cowboys. Basically yeah, said, he had a "Here worse you game go win." Dak. And what like that that Brandon Brandon Ayuk just toasted, absolutely destroyed uh, uh, not Quandry Diggs, um Trayvon Diggs, right? Just toasted him, made him look awful, wide open, on the sideline, on the left sideline. All he, all Garoppolo has to do is put it in a spot where he can actually is capable of catching Make the an ball. Make an attempt on the catch, and Ayuk probably scores a touchdown. Game over. 
game sealed at that moment. But Garoppolo overthrew him. And all I could think was like, dude, that was the Emmanuel Sanders overthrow for the Super Bowl. It literally looks the same. It's the same. It's, it might have been the same route. I mean, I don't know about I mean, that. Garoppolo's not that. the quarterback. But I'm just like, there, dude, let's the, be honest. that overthrow, because that overthrow in the Super Bowl is what led to the Chiefs coming back and winning. And like, I, I, I was like, dude, this, all he has to do is seal the win. That first down sealed the win. That would have been a touchdown. That would have sealed the win. And then he turns around and overthrows another ball later. Goes, goes the other way. Cowboys ball, right? Gives the Cowboys another shot. Then, like, he bailed. Somehow he bailed the 49ers out by his more poor play where he couldn't even hit Kittle in the flat. And he bounced the ball off the ground to Kittle. Looked like oh, he yeah, caught it. But then it. again, Kittle then, fumbled that. Right, so. Well, I'm saying, in the, like... In the long run, it ended up being like, oh, good thing Jimmy can't hit a flat throw. But, like, yeah, that's you know what I mean? But, like, like Jimmy Garoppolo scared me. And uh, I know you're not a Niners guy, obviously, but um, I don't have any issue with the Niners. And I like to see good teams who play the way the 49ers play. They like, I like their play style, I like their aggressive and and like bully style play. And, um, I was like, what well, a team that does this good this year. Like they they had their moments of like, oh, maybe they're not so good and they had these things, but they overcame all of it. They got to the playoffs to have been leading this game the whole time. And this fool is about to give the game away just like he gave the Super Bowl away two years ago. And I was like, This is I don't know if I even want to watch, you know? I don't I don't even I kinda wanna turn this off now. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the Niners fall apart and get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Speaking of falling apart and turning games off, uh, two other NFC West teams <laughs> faced off this playoff. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no. I, I turned this game off before halftime. I did, too. I did. I'll be honest. I turned this game off at halftime um, because it was 21 nothing when I turned it off. And in Madden rules, you have to pass the sticks. Like, you're done. <laughs> you don't get to play anymore at that point. So, I'm sorry, Kyler. It's over. But the Arizona Cardinals... Face off, uh, faced off against the Los Angeles Rams and got spanked, uh, butt booty banked, spanked. Um, it was 21-0 going into halftime. Game ended at 34-11. to uh, The Rams completely rolled them, and they looked better than they've looked for a while. And what's crazy is the Cardinals started on fire and were like 10-2 and and then finished at like 11-6. and So they went 1-4 and down the stretch. And I remember us talking about that on, a, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, going into the playoffs or whatever. Uh, but like something that's scary. Like this team went into the playoffs with no momentum. And we talked about it before. Like I think I've made it very clear on this show. Like I don't care about September and October, to be honest. As long as we win half the games, the goal is to go into the playoffs with momentum. You want momentum on your side. Cardinals did not have it. Kyler Murray threw for a buck 37 and two interceptions. Oh. Talk about a QB rating. He had a 7.5 out of 100. It was his second interception that I turned off the game. So, first interception, it was, uh, what was it? It was 7 nothing, and uh, he was backed up in his own end zone, uh, and he got pressured, and they're about to sack him, and he doesn't, like, throw the ball at the ground. He like lobs a grenade toss out to his uh who was it uh, was it Kirk or was it no no it was Rondell Moore tried to hit Rondell Moore on like a grenade toss just a complete duck 
of course the Rams picked it, took it in for a touchdown. Three, it was a three-yard interception. Ironic is that's touchdown. what happened to the Sam Brad. Not Sam Brad. I always call him that. Matt Stafford a couple weeks ago against the Titans. Very similar situation in his yeah. own end zone, just trying to throw it away, but doing it improperly. As soon as as soon as he did that, I was like, oh, this game's gonna be over soon. And then uh, the Cardinals get the ball back, and it seemed like they might have some sort of a drive. Had a long put drive together. too, right? And then I think they were about they were somewhere near midfield I think, and then he throws another pick and I said that this game's over I'm done here I'm I'm turning this off and then I look back at the score uh, a little bit later it was halftime twenty one nothing I said yeah I'm glad I turned this off woke up in the morning thirty one eleven or whatever it was you know and I was like yeah I there's no reason to watch that game anymore dude and then uh, talk about something with the Rams an emergence of uh, a dual threat wide receiver uh, wide receivers that are scary. <laughs> Um, Odell, granted, he only had 54 yards. It's not like a lot, but like it but felt he like he touchdown. was everywhere when he was needed. Yeah, he had a touchdown. He even had a throw for 40 yards. Um, and then we already know Cooper Cup and what he's capable of. Like this Rams team's kind of scary in this playoff run. I hope they lose. I do not want the Rams to get a oh, Super Bowl. No Super Bowls for the NFC West. You didn't even but, mention. Uh, you didn't even mention the best part of the Rams. Cam Akers' return. Cam Akers is a whole different wrinkle to this offense. Cam Akers, uh, yeah, runs. he's still taking it light though. He, he only well, had 17 carries for thir- 55 yards. I mean. Well, right, but they're gonna split the. They have two other capable running backs, so they're gonna they're gonna split the load as they should. But he should also be the feature guy. He runs hard. He falls forward, but he also has the ability to like you know he's a, he's a cut guy. He can still he can still make people miss, but he runs hard and he runs downhill and uh, he wore down the Cardinals defense. And I mean the 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 Rams, uh, like you said, the Rams are very scary. And I think the the return of Cam Akers is actually um, the most impressive part of the Rams right now. Now Stafford obviously played pretty well. OBJ played well. We know Cooper Cup's good. It, honestly, Tyler Higby had a really good game too. <laughs> this is how you know the the Cardinals got spanked. Uh, they got thirty four points dropped on them, and Stafford only had to complete thirteen throws. Oh yeah. They they were they were outmatched and outcoached at every level, but at the same time, uh, the NFC West, all four teams in the NFC West have been in the Super Bowl in what the past ten years? Yes, literally. No, not Arizona. Maybe not unless 10. they went in two thousand ten. Maybe not ten years, but the Cardinals were in it against. They the were Steelers. in it very close to the last ten years, right. but the and then and the then, other three have been there multiple times: Niners twice, Seahawks right. twice, Rams once. And then three teams in the NFC West are in the playoffs. Seattle missed it by a few games. Russ was out. Like, there's a possibility that all four teams couldn't make the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, it's still a right. dangerous division. But then, and then inside the division, there are just matchups that somehow go a certain way. Shanahan owns McVay, right? Niners own the Rams under McVay. It's just, it is. And Seahawks, Seahawks own the have owned the Niners lately, Rams have owned the Cardinals. Cardinals and Seahawks always split, and they're always like close match. Maybe not always split, but they're always close matchups that are like I remember last year you had that uh, the it went to overtime. Russ ended up throwing four picks. The pick the pick in overtime sealed it, and uh, uh, he threw the pick to Buda Baker, who got chased down by DK down the sideline um, before he could score a touchdown. And there was the like that that was just a good, you know what I mean? It was it was a. Um, it's just a good matchup, you know. Like Cardinals and Seahawks play each other tough. There's been plenty of games when the Cardinals aren't even good, where uh, it ends up in what like a 
like a uh, fifteen to twelve game or something like that. Like I remember had the a one tie a couple years the, ago. I, the the tie game is the one that I that sticks out so hard. Bobby Wagner jumped the center twice in a row. He jumped him once and was offsides or something. Whatever happened, they they did a re-kick or timeout got called. Whatever happened, they did a re-kick. He did the same thing again. They didn't they didn't decide to stop him the second time. He gets up and blocks the kick. And the game ends in a tie. And I remember telling you, I was like, this game deserves to end in a tie because neither one of these guys want to win. Like, nobody wants to win this game. They keep doing things that are just baffling. And that's the reason no one can win. But anyway, it, uh, I mean, it's just the way that division goes. And like I said, the Rams have owned the Cardinals. McVay has owned Kingsbury. And, and that's he continues just, it's, to now. it's a tough playoff matchup. Here's a question. Um, and before this season started, there was rumors that Kingsbury's hot, uh, Kingsbury, uh, his seat was heating up. Like it wasn't a hot seat yet, but it was heating up. Then he starts the season on fire and it's like, okay, Cliff, you're, you're safe. We all said it like he's safe. But then the final end of the season collapse. And remember they were winning when, when Murray was out, it's when he came back that they weren't uh, winning. And I would wonder, is he a hundred percent? Because last year he fell off halfway through the season because he was playing injured. Like. Is Kyler Murray's thing going to be, like, not a full-season guy? Like, he plays all season, but, like, uh, who's the other person that never, like, finishes the season strong? Oh, there was someone else that I can't think of. Carson Wentz. Well, yeah, he's also injury-prone, but, yeah, like, (laughs) what I mean is, though, one of those guys where, like, you expect the great yards from from the first, like, eight, nine games or whatever, playing wonderful, but then, like, a fall-off. And, like, uh, I can't think of who right now off the top of my head. Uh, Who? Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, there's yeah, not a better but... quarterback in the league than a than a September Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Oh yeah, no, great. And there's not a worse quarterback in the league than a December Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> is that what Kyler Murray's going to be? Is it because of coaching? So two years in a row well, that they start hot and they fall off. Like I'm wondering, will Cliff's uh, seat heat up again? N- no. Uh, well, I mean, not that it never could or would. Um, in Cliff Kingsbury's third year, he won 11 games and, and made the playoffs. The Cardinals, when, what were the Cardinals when Cliff Kingsbury took over? Oh, that's right. They had the number one pick. Like, Cliff Kingsbury's completely turned this team around. I know, and uh, I still have a lot of Phoenix connections. A lot of people talk about, uh, oh, Cliff and Steve Kime need to go. But why? The two of them together have rebuilt the Cardinals franchise. They've turned the entire franchise around. What are you mad at Kime for? Because he drafted Rosen? He also was like, dude, that was a huge mistake. Trade him away. Let's get Kyler Murray instead. He also hired Cliff Kingsbury, who's now won 11 games. Like, they've put together this great roster of DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner and, um, you know, uh, A.J. Green. They drafted Brondell Moore's been good. Christian Kirk's been good. On defense, they drafted Buda Baker. They brought in J.J. Watt. They, I mean, the, the the things that they've done on this team are are pretty, like, successful. I don't know why you'd be mad about either one of these guys. So if you're, if you're mad at Cliff Kingsbury because he tends to fall off later in the season, fair argument. But that's the same, like, it's the same. There are, almost every coach has something that you're like, oh, okay, I wish you'd do that differently, right? Most coaches so, um, do. This weekend, we also had three blowouts, so we're not really going to touch on these games too much. I'm sure Paul has some things to say, and I do too, but like not a lot. 
So we had three blowouts. We had the Buffalo Bills completely shellacking the Patriots, forty-seven to seventeen. I know Paul will have something to say about that. I, I got do. well. We, the the only thing I really have to say about that, uh, before the game started, it got like tweeted out like, "Oh, Josh Allen is not wearing sleeves tonight," and I was like, "Huh, interesting play." And then he looked like that four degree temperature didn't matter at all to him. Didn't care at all, right? And then he was on the, in, he was like, in game mode, man. <clears throat> but it like the other other way. Josh Allen's not wearing sleeves. Doesn't doesn't look like it cares at all. Mac Jones is head to toe in a wetsuit with only like his eyes and nose showing. Brady used to and do he that. Looked ho- yeah, but he looked cold. when Brady did it. He didn't look bothered, right? He was like, okay, this thing's keeping me warm. Mac Jones still looked like he was freezing cold and so uncomfortable and ridiculous. And he's he's on the sideline like looking at his his breath vapor like it's the first time he's ever been in cold temperatures. Um like he's, you know, 6 years old again, like fake smoking, you know. Um I I just that I think that was really the um like the the difference between those two guys, the outcome's not surprising at all. Josh Allen came in like a man and they acted like men on the field. Well, Mac Jones this. came in and was a cold little baby and the Patriots acted like little babies on the field. So I'm still not bought in on this Bills team though. Um a big factor like you said Mac Jones ability to play in that. I mean he he had two touchdowns but also two interceptions. The run game wasn't there so the, the run game got stuffed and Josh Allen came out with a chip on his shoulder, threw for 308 and got five touchdowns. So like Oh, I know it didn't the kick Bills, the whole game. I know that the Bills dominated. I get that. But my point is, uh, I'm not bought in on them 100% only because, for some reason, they do play the Patriots team really well lately. Um, just because, you know... Well, ever since they got, you know, quote-unquote embarrassed. Yeah, so... It, it, and it's a division team, so, like, you know them well. Like, so I can't give... That's like with the Rams. Like, they always own the... Uh, this isn't the same as the Rams because they don't always own the Patriots, but the Rams always own the Cardinals. Like, so this isn't surprising. Lately, the Bills can have the ba- capability to whoop up on the Patriots. We know that. We've seen it, especially in the Josh a- Allen and no Brady, uh, you know, time frame. Uh, this, is, this is not surprising. So I still want to see what the Bills can do, and we'll get that chance. Uh, as far as another whooping that happened... Uh, the Steelers faced off against the Bengal, uh, the Bengals, uh, the Chiefs, and I don't think anybody expected anything other than this. I'll be honest; like maybe the defense to play a little bit better and prevent, you know, forty-two points or whatever. I, I, I got <laughs> you there because the Steelers' defense is good, like that. I get, but I, I, at the end of the day, no matter what, everybody's prediction most likely ended with this, the Steelers losing here, and uh, they definitely did. And Ben Roethlisberger is officially done. Um, he is. He is no longer going to be starting as the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so good luck, Steelers, hey, on, on your future because it is not a bright one. <laughs> uh, my big thing for this game that I want to say before the game, right, the other day uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was in that press conference going, well, you know, we got no chance in this game. Like he was being, a, you know, again, being a smart ass. Got no chance. You know, might as well just go out there and have fun. You know, the Chiefs are just so good, and we're just so bad, and we probably shouldn't even be here, so we should just, you know, go out and have fun, I guess. I and probably like, would have said the same thing. Well, everyone is, everyone is hyping it up like, oh, you heard what Big Ben said. The Steelers are probably about to come out and ball out. And I said, no, they're probably about to play like garbage like they usually do. They're 500 team. Literally 8-8-1. Eight, eight, they're, they're 500 team. They're not good. 
they really shouldn't have been in the playoffs. The Colts should have made it, but they couldn't beat the Jaguars to They're get nine, in. They're nine seven and one, by the way. Oh, were they really? Dang. Ouch. It's basically five hundred. It's but like five oh five. Like, but it, it, so either way, the the Colts should have been the ones in the playoffs, but they they blew it. So obviously the Colts didn't deserve to be there. But I wouldn't say that the Steelers deserved to be there either. They just yeah, they I would in. have much rather have seen the Colts versus the Chiefs. And um, they well, I don't think the Colts would have the Colts wouldn't have had to play the Chiefs if they would have won their game. They would have been a, a higher seed. But irrelevant. But either way, um. Yeah, so Ben's out there, and everyone's supposed to say, like, oh, the Steelers are about to say, great. Well, is anyone looking back now and saying, wow, Ben, what an idiot. Is anyone doing that? Well, I am. I'm doing that. You're right. You didn't have any shot of being there. You probably didn't even have fun either. Probably didn't go out and have fun. Probably all, probably all mad. There's nothing fun Watt. about getting blown out like this, and then the guy across the, the field from you throws for 404 yards oh, five and five touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> like... He threw for five touchdowns. How fast? Oh, yeah. Like, no, so, yeah, he, so fast. <laughs> they turned that game around quick because the Steelers started out on top, I know. By the time the third quarter was over, they had already had five touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's the situation there. Uh, and then one other team got whooped up on. But, honestly, there is more than one whooping on this field, that's more, and one's more interesting than the, than the other. The Buccaneers whooped up on the Eagles, <laughs> but the more, most interesting whooping that happened this weekend uh, in this game is when uh, Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians uh, gave a, a molly whop to the back of the head of one of his players. Uh, I think it was, who was it? Andrew Adams, the Buck safety. Um, so if you saw it, a lot of people like that don't, I had this argument earlier with people that don't watch football like that or don't never played it. Um, they were like, that's uncalled for. Like, eh, whatever. If you're not really a football life person, like you like watching it, you're new to the game, but you didn't live this, you haven't grown up in football, been watching it since the beginning, played it at some point. Like, I can understand, I guess, where your softness exists and you, you're softer than two pillows uh, and a throw blanket. Like, I get it, <laughs> but... This is football, and if you really look at the context of it, and one person I spoke to said once her husband explained a little bit behind the context of it, she's like, oh, I understand. But, like, yeah, there, there's a scuffle going on, and Arians doesn't want his players doing stupid stuff and getting, in, getting them penalties that hurt the team. Like, yo, dummy. And I'm sure he said some words that weren't dummy, but it probably smacked them in the yeah, back of the helmet. Yeah, probably threw some like, around. Yeah, and stop, stop effing off. Like, for real. Like, seriously, you're going to hurt the team. Like, and I'll tell you right now, every man uh, has different ways that he needs to be led. Some people need a pat on the back. Some people need a kick in the butt. Like, I learned that when I was a leader in the Marine Corps. I'm, a pat, I'm not a pat on the back guy. I'm a kick in the butt guy. Like, I need you to smack my helmet. If you're just talking to me, I'm not going to really, I might not hear you. I might just be blacked out in the moment because I'm angry. Like, I need that smack in the back of the head. Like, and he's wearing a helmet, too. That's what makes me mad. Like, I get why the NFL did it. It's an it's a optics thing. The NFL has to fine you 50 grand, whatever. 50 grand ain't nothing to a head coach or a player. Like, 50 grand is nothing. Chump change. So, like, I get why they did that. Optics. But as far as people watching it, like, yo, he's wearing a helmet that he uses to do head-on collisions, running full speed with people as a safety this, his head gets hit a hundred times. You think old man, 60, 70 year old, whatever, how old, ever old Bruce Arians is, is hitting his helmet hard enough to cause some type of damage? Uh, like, I don't think the worry is that the guy's going to get hurt. It's more that he's like not being, 
that respected. the player isn't being treated with respect. Now, I, look, I'm on your side here. I, I'm not saying, um, like, I think Arians was just trying to get his attention and was probably pissed, right? I understand. Totally get it. I don't well, care. Well, yeah, it's also I loud have, in the stadium, too. I have not changed, like, this, uh, this situation has not changed my opinion of Bruce Arians, and I don't think the player was upset either. Like, I, I don't think anyone really cared about this that was involved. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see what Adam says, because I bet Adams is like, yo, what? I don't care. Like, yeah, whatever. He, he stopped me from doing something stupid. You know, like... And, yeah, and I love did. Bruce's quote, though. I've seen a lot of enough dumb shit. You can't pull guys out of a pile. We just got a big play, great field position. He's trying to pull a guy out of the pile. So I was trying to knock him off that guy so he didn't get a penalty. Like, he straight up said, like, I'm trying to knock him off the guy so he stops getting a penalty for us. Right. Yeah, I, I got no problem with it at all. Um, also, Eagles were outmatched, outgunned, outcoached. Uh, which is to be expected. We think Bruce Arians is a good coach. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. And not just to, that. Even if the Eagles were playing like anybody in the playoffs, they probably would have ended the same way of being outcoached and outgoing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's just it's, uh, Sirianni's a rookie head coach. Uh, Jalen Hurts, this was essentially his rookie season. Um, I know he, he's not a rookie, but he didn't, he didn't get that much start time last year um, or play time. Uh, so the, you know what you I think is funny? What's that? That we were saying things like, man, what are they going to do without Antonio Brown and without uh, uh, Chris oh. Godwin? And Mike Evans was like, yo, y'all forgot about me. I used to be the baddest MF on this team. Like, don't forget about me. Well, and he came out, had 117 yards, nine catches, touchdown. Not, not, not just that, but uh, there was a lot of talk beforehand of people um, thinking that the Eagles had a chance in this game. Uh, and I'm not a only no Eagles fans thought that. No, the, uh, national guys were saying oh, they were they were they were saying that, oh that uh, some of these uh, you know my upset call this weekend is gonna be the Eagles. I'm like really not the Niners. You think the Eagles are the because all all chalk was favorites, right? All the high all the high seeds were favorites in all the games, and all of them won except for the Cowboys. The Niners won that game, right? So. But beforehand, that was like my big thing was the Niners, and I thought I, I, pure honesty here, I thought the Patriots would win for some reason. I was just like, oh, it's Bill Belichick; he's gonna do his thing, dude. We both like oh, going into the playoffs. Oh. We had high hopes for the Patriots. Yeah, uh, I'm way wrong on that one. Right on the Niners, and uh, that's what. Why would I think that the Eagles had any shot against Tom Brady in the wild card round of the playoffs? That's not gonna happen. And it's it's nothing against the people in the Eagles team or the coaching staff or anything like that. They're just they're not there. You know what I mean? Like this, they weren't supposed to be there. The Eagles were not supposed to be in the playoffs. Beginning of the year, I said the Eagles might be one of the worst teams in the league. Like it might be the worst team in the league. And I believed it at the time. I was wrong. I'm not saying you know, but I'm saying like the situation that the Eagles were in. Nobody was like, oh, playoff team. They're probably gonna win a playoff game. And yeah. that's okay. They uh, they overdid their expectations. That's great. The Eagles did great this year. I'm uh, yeah. What, they should. I'm been talking in the them. I guess I'm talking them up. In it's almost like backhanded compliments. But I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just I'm saying like legitimately the Eagles outplayed their expectations, and that's great. But then you have to go and play Tampa, and that's a bad draw. And I'm sorry you weren't you weren't in it. <laughs> what you're doing right now is an example of a velvet dagger. Uh, you are. <laughs> 
<laughs> beating them down while bringing them up at the same time. Right. Um. Yeah. So three whoopings this weekend, and then we had one other playoff game. It was actually one of the first ones. Um. But let's talk about it because this was a, a magnificent game. Um, another team that was a little bit surprising to be in the playoffs. We definitely didn't expect them to be there after some, you know, controversial things happened with their head coach. Uh, but with the interim head coach, they made runs in the end, winning their final three games, like literally with field goals and like last minute second plays. Um, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders faced off against the Bengals. And my Super Bowl pick for the for the year, the Bengals, uh, started off right this playoff, uh, this tournament. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, my pick stays true. I've got them picked to go. And um, they won this game 26-19. But let's just say something. Jamar Chase, 116 yards, nine receptions. I think he was trying to chase down my boy DK for the rookie record of uh, most uh, rookie receiving yards in a playoff game. Uh, But he didn't get there. Um, But he did an outstanding job as a rookie in this playoff game. 116 yards. I mean, that's basically and nine catches. Joe Burrow only had 24 completions and 244 yards. I mean, so Jamar Chase took up at least 30 to 40 percent of that. You know, you know, like four months ago, this guy couldn't catch a ball. And he said, oh, because the lines on the college ball that aren't there on the pro ball, I can't see it the same way. I can't catch the ball as easy. It's harder to catch. I wonder now if he was being a complete smartass about that, and and, and he could have been, or I, he could have also just been trying to say something like he was people being are humble like, and just letting people know the like, truth. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I'm struggling with this, but I'll get it figured out. And people really ran with it and like destroyed him. And you know, so four months ago that happened, and also when that happened, and before that happened, people again like me were saying, uh, "Oh, Bengals are dumb. They should have gone with the offensive lineman." Um, but I, you know, in my defense, I did say also, well, the Bengals did rebuild their offensive line through some free agent acquisitions and some guys who were injured last year came back. And, uh, so maybe they just didn't feel like the line. Yeah, you weren't completely thing. against that draft pick. But, I was, uh, but you weren't. But the, uh, it, not that Penny Sewell would have been a bad pick, right? Penny Sewell had a great rookie season. Rashawn Slater had a great rookie season. If they went for one of these offensive linemen, they would have been okay. Right. But their offense would not have been as explosive, and they might not have won their division if they did that. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow's connection is obviously deep because they played together at LSU. They've already been doing this before. That's why it, was a, it wasn't a tough learning curve to get Jamar Chase in the fold, and he exploded this season. Yeah. It, it's great. It's, and it, you know what? It's, it's, it's really fun to watch, and uh, Joe Burrow has the swagger that Baker Mayfield wishes he had. I, I love Joe's. He had them glasses on this weekend, some cool man glasses. They was like clear with a purple tint. And the interviewers uh, asked, uh, you know, like, what's up with the glasses? Are they any special reason? And Joe Burrow just looked at him. He's like, nah, man, I just think they're cool. <laughs> like, But it was like, I love Joe, man. <laughs> well, it's, I don't it's know not why, just but that. I like him. It's not just that. It's the fact that he comes into this, into this team uh, and He's like, like when they whooped up on the Steelers this year, right? And everyone's talking about, oh, the Bengals beat the Steelers. This is crazy. And he was in his press conference. He said, I mean, we have a lot higher aspirations than beating the Steelers. So, and it, he wasn't even like, it wasn't like offended. He wasn't like yeah, offended he's not at cocky, people's questions. But he's very confident. He was like, I mean, we just have higher aspirations than beating the Steelers. And that, I was like, dude, this 
this kid's awesome, right? And then he comes out there every day and does what he does. The dude ripped his knee apart last year, and he still stands in the pocket and does what he does. He still takes these QB sneaks with no fear. I mean, yeah, I think the Bengals definitely... are a lot of fun to watch right right now. And not only that, I mean, their defense is playing so good. There's players on that defense that people like forgot about. Trey Hendrickson was a monster in in New Orleans, and people were saying, "Oh, the Bengals let Carl Lawson go." Yeah, they replaced him with a better pass rusher, Trey Hendrickson. And then uh, they, I mean, they they pulled guys that Mike Daniels plays for the Bengals now. Did you remember that Mike Daniels was still in the NFL? No, I didn't. And I know the guy. I mean, I fought, I'm friends with his wife on Facebook. How yeah. do I not know he's still in the NFL? Yeah, he plays for the Bengals. Uh, Von Bell plays safety. Jesse Bates, great safety for the Bengals. They brought in Eli Apple, who's had a great year with the Bengals. Eli Apple was given up on. People thought Eli Apple was done. They couldn't even play football. He's put the Bengals. I mean, they they just have this, and they got this like, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's because it, it's like everyone else counts them out, but they're not offended by it. They just don't feel the same way, and it, none of it penetrates inside. You know what I mean? And they just they just do their thing. And CJ Zoma, by the way, the the tight end. Is uh is a lot of fun talking to the uh, talking to the media talking about uh uh the like he plays football to see Joe Burrow just hammer drunk because they won right he plays football to see his guys celebrating because they just won the Super Bowl they just did something you know passing out champagne and and you know he like he play the the it's like. Because they don't let that outside stuff get in, they've come so close together, and they're just a lot of fun to watch right now. They really are, and it's a uh, look. I'm a, I know I'm a Browns fan, but I'm from Dayton, which is like an hour north of Cincinnati, right? I'm closer to Cincinnati than I am to to Cleveland. Um, I uh, like all my friends, Bengals fans, right? And it's like I don't know. It's, it's like really nice to see one of these teams that just hasn't been good for a while just find their stride you know it's nice it's nice to see i like i like seeing the Bengals do well right now now other side raiders oh people people want to talk about the inadvertent whistle in this game where joe burrow threw a touchdown at the end of the half um and all i mean theoretically technically yes you're all right uh, inadvertent whistle is supposed to be dead ball and uh, play play restarts. Um, but at the same time, there were, there were guys saying, "Oh, well, our guys let up on the play because they heard the whistle." Watch the replay; they didn't let up. Nobody let up. The, that was a clean play. They let it stand, and I I guess like I guess I'm happy they let it stand. But I don't want to be like biased because I just wrote a love letter to the Bengals, you know. But like, <laughs> I I just uh, sometimes it happens, you know. And it's not like you didn't have time to recover from it. Um, it stinks. I get it. I know it changes the momentum of the game, and I I get all that. Um, but Derek Carr is uh, he's a dude, and uh, if anyone can can recover from that, it's that guy. And uh, the Raiders just couldn't quite pull it off. Now, I another and, guy. And I think, like you said, they had time to recover. It is not like you only got two field goals in the entire second half. That's on you. That is on you. 
There was nothing that stopped you from not scoring in the second half, but you could only get up six points in the fourth quarter. And uh, they, um, that was part of their big comeback, and they actually get the chance at the end of the game. They got a chance to, to drive down the field and still try and win. By the way, edge of my seat, this game was great. And I, there, I know people who are talking about this game wasn't even good. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? This game came down to, to like 17 seconds left in the fourth quarter on a fourth down. That's fourth those people that won play. a 57 to 49 game. Yeah, this was a, this was an ideal game. This this and the and the Niners Cowboys where it wasn't too high scoring. Teams played the second half pretty was good defense. defensive. Like right. literally, and, it was four field goals. That's it. <laughs> and then and then it comes down to like a last second thing. I think that's great. That's what football is all about, man. This is what playoff football. And yeah, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr let his team down. Hey, hey uh, I no slander toward Derek Carr. That last play, he tried to squeeze one in a couple of guys, uh, between a couple of guys. Bengals came down with it. You know, he was trying to make a big play. There's high risk, high reward. I get it. I'm not and dogging and Derek Carr for The that. thing, though, I do understand this is it's fourth and goal. And when you're at that point where, like, it's fourth down and you're going for it, like, there's no reason to take a sack or throw it out about. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Force it in there. Well, like if they don't right. catch it, it's a turnover. So Some like chance whatever. Is better than no chance, right? <laughs> yeah. Although, although, if you turn the ball over by like incomplete at fourth and goal, well, now they get the ball right there on the goal. Um, and if they get if they catch an interception in the end zone, they get the ball to twenty five. You could possibly get a safety, blah blah blah. But because you but, can't no, kneel but it. It, that was the end of the game. Well, no, Burrow had to kneel it once, and if well, you, but yeah, but that's you get what I'm saying, like it. If you if you throw yeah you could still kneel it from the nine. It wasn't like it was on the one. If it was on the one, that's a different story because you can't kneel it from the one. You no, have no, no. to well, run the ball. I mean, sort of, yeah. But I, but my point is like the game was over regardless. Yeah, that no matter play, what. That, like the outcome of that play was either the Raiders score and win or the Bengals stop them and win. You know what I mean? There was no the like. The position of the interception didn't matter at all. If the Bengals stopped the Raiders from scoring on that play, the Bengals won. And if the Raiders scored, they likely won. I mean, there's obviously 17 seconds left or whatever. I guess Burrow's going to throw a Hail Mary and to Jamal well, no, Chase if, and win. If the, if the Raiders score, it's overtime. So it's not win. Unless they oh. go for two. OT, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. OT. But, but then again, way. knowing them, Mr. Almost played for the tie. Uh, and then again, no, if they're going to play for the tie, they're definitely <laughs> no. not playing for the win. Yeah, they're taking the field goal. <laughs> no, I would kick that field goal. Now, uh, the other thing that comes out of this is what's go- uh, the, the Raiders fired Mike Mayock after this. Yeah, um, very surprising for me because I liked Mayock. Like, I, I also th- think. I don't know why. But then again, if they're going to bring in a new coach, we say it all the time. People like to have a coach and a GM like chemistry. Well, I I see what you're saying, but I feel like if you keep Mike Mayock, then he's the guy making the head coach decision. You know what I mean? He's the one. Yeah, no, he's I part agree. Of I'm not saying process. I believe that, but so I'm just like, saying I know they do stuff I, like that. I don't think you should ever keep a coach and then hire a GM above a coach, right? But if you have the GM and the coach is going to be gone, sure, that's fine because the GM is going to be part of the hiring process and is technically like he's going to have to be in lockstep with the coach. But he essentially is the coach's boss, you know. But um, the the thing it surprises me mostly because there's some people who uh they only point out the bad picks from the Raiders, 
and the fact that Ruggs is gone and Arnett's gone and um they had the uh oh they picked a kid out of Clemson Cleveland Farrell who has not been necessarily a big hit but okay he drafted Max Crosby huge hit he drafted Jonathan Jacobs and he drafted uh I think he did and uh and uh Jonathan Abrams uh, J- Jonathan Jacobs um Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abrams and uh I'm pretty sure he drafted those guys I guess I should have checked that before I said that but uh I think he drafted those guys too and then like these are all hits right there's I, I think there's plenty of guys on the Raiders that are hits not to mention free agency acquisitions that he made I I think Mayock's done a fine job the Raiders have turned around they were just in the playoffs and not only were they in the play, they were in the playoffs through a tumultuous season where they had to fire their head coach because some stuff that came out about them, and they lost their two first round draft picks from last year. And like, I mean, what more can you ask from a guy? But maybe they just want to move in a different direction. That's you know whatever. That's a uh, that's fine. But I know Derek Carr has written his um or, or made it clear that his wish is to have Rich Ritz. Rich Basacha to be the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and if that doesn't happen, there I guess there could be some unrest. Maybe Derek Carr wants out of out of Vegas. Yeah, there's and, articles and it's coming fit, out by left the way. and right about possible trade locations for him, like the like the Colts uh, and some other teams. But I, I mean, in Derek Carr's earned this, you know. Um, if they don't hire Rich Basacha. This will be like Derek Carr's like six head coach, the next guy. And uh, you shouldn't have to deal with all that. He's done it so many times. It's Derek Carr is like the model citizen of a, of a player, right? Great leader, um, constant positivity and a nice guy. Um, I just, you know, if he wants out of there, he wants out of there. He deserves it, to be honest. Yeah. I I just hope for his sake he gets to go to a good position. Could be maybe it's maybe it's Minnesota. Maybe there's a one for one swap. Carr and uh, and uh, Wilson. It's not a one for one. I mean, okay, so maybe someone throws in some picks too. You know, maybe Seattle throws in some picks too. Oh, I'm just, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, but no, I mean, there's a couple places. Who knows? Maybe the Browns are interested in a quarterback. Maybe uh, the Giants would want a Derek Carr. Vikings. Um, I mean, there's the, lots of uh, you know the like Giants said, used Colts. To, Giants used to have David Carr. Why wouldn't they want Derek Carr? Yeah, right. Uh, Texans. Yeah. Texans used to have David David Carr. Maybe they I want. Yes, we will Carr. find out uh, in this off season. It's going to be a fun off season. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of moving pieces this off it's, season. Well, so. I there's a lot of potential for moving pieces, but there's also a lot of potential for those moving pieces not to move. Right. Like, yeah, we're speculating that Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr might all be moving, but at the same time, they could all very easily stay in place. And I'm Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo might be moving, but he also could easily stay in place. Um, you know, Baker only way Jimmy Garoppolo keeps his job is if he gets his team to the Super Bowl and wins it. No, uh, I, I'll tell you lately, I've been getting a gut feeling maybe Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't go anywhere and they stick it out with him. No, not unless you just complained about his terrible throws and oh, how no, 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 exact no, no, same. No, no, no. Ooh, ooh. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the second coming of Joe Montana or whatever. I'm saying that it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle Shanahan sticks with Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch stick with Garoppolo for now because they uh, like Garoppolo is still successful. He's not the 
the best ever. That's not what I'm saying. He obviously has flaws and he's injury prone. But as they bring along Trey Lance, maybe they don't get rid of Garoppolo. Because the the truth is there is no guaranteed formula to bring along a rookie quarterback. And that's proven in the fact that like, okay, so guys like Marino and Elway and Peyton Manning and people like that started from the beginning and ended up being great. Okay, well, those guys were great regardless. They would have been great regardless. If they had to sit behind someone and then start after that, they still probably would have been great because they, that's just, they're, they're good. They're, they're outliers. You know what I mean? But then Pat Mahomes sat behind a guy for a year and then came in and was great. Aaron Rodgers sat behind a guy for three years, came in and was great. There's like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to this. Some guys are, are built for it and some guys aren't. And, uh, so if you don't think Trey Lance is ready right now, that doesn't mean he won't be ready in the future, but also you shouldn't move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, you know? So I just feel like it wouldn't surprise me if he stays. Okay. Well, I just believe that if he doesn't win at all, then, then they're going to move from him. So, I mean, again, it's something else we'll find out. Uh, but this weekend, we got playoff football coming in, and, and we got two teams making their first appearances, their debuts, um, since they didn't play last week. That's the Titans and the Packers. So Saturday, we got the Bengals facing off against a Titans team that should have Derrick Henry. Uh, from last I heard, he should be good, um, unless you've heard things differently. I don't know if you have. And then we have the Niners facing off against the Packers. And talk about a matchup that we've seen in the playoffs many times, I feel like, in this decade. This has been a decade-long playoff matchup. But then again, I remember Packers winning most of those, except for when Colin Kaepernick was there. I remember that game where Colin Kaepernick basically owned that game with his legs um, back when uh, uh, the Niners went to the Super Bowl. Um, and then on Sunday, we've got Rams-Bucks. Uh, great matchup, and we've seen the Rams win this one. Um, and then we've got the Bills Chiefs great matchup. Uh, Bills beat the Chiefs earlier this season, I believe. Um, and just yeah, so wonderful matchups this weekend, Paul. I- I'm super excited. Like I can't even think of an adjective to properly explain my excitement. It's like almost as excited as I was when I found out Ken Norton Jr. got fired. <laughs> uh, the Ken Norton Jr. firing was uh was fun news. Um. Just to follow up, Derrick Henry is—he's uh, been uh, testing with contact at practice. Uh, he's had a few practices already, a couple weeks of practice or whatever. Um, so he's coming along, and he has said that um, he's doing everything he can to be able to play on Saturday. But uh, it is not official that he's in or out yet. We are still yeah, and they're going to do that process. no matter what. They're going to do that because that will cause. Um, well, I'll tell you the what. Bengals to have to game plan differently. Like if he is there, that they're going to do different schemes than if he's not there. The Bengals have had some injuries on their defensive line, which is not does not bode well if you have to play against Derrick Henry. I'll tell you that much. Um, if they, I don't know if they, I don't remember which guys are gone. I know Mike Daniels got hurt, Larry Ogunjobi got hurt, and Trey Hendrickson all got hurt in the game on uh, Saturday. Um. But uh, Trey Hendrickson, I believe, is coming back. He was out with concussion, but I believe he's coming back. But the other two, I don't remember which of the tackles that they're that they might get back. I know one guy's done, but the other guy they might get back, but I don't remember which. So um, let me ask you this, Paul. Uh, out of all these games, which one are you mostly excited for? I, I mean, I think everyone's got to be most excited for Bills Chiefs. Really? Um, 
I, I think that's awesome, but there it's not like the other games are any kind of duds. I'm excited to watch the Bengals Titans, especially if Derrick Henry comes back. Derrick Henry's fun to watch. I like watching the Bengals. I think that would be fun. Um, but on top of that, the Niners Packers Niners have dominated the Packers in recent history. But yeah, I think the Packers are gonna own them in that. Well, but I, right. <laughs> so I'm saying like they they've they've owned the Packers, but. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers this year look like yeah, there's nothing Jimmy that can G slow can them down. You know? But um, well, the I mean, the last time they played the the last time they played in the playoffs, uh, Jimmy G threw the ball nine times or something like that, seven times or something like that, and uh, the Niners just dominated them up and down the field. Possible it could happen again. Also possible the Packers just lay it on them. You never know. Um. And the uh, I think the Rams Bucks rematch is good. They played already once a season. The Rams won that game. That that game when the Rams won, it was the beginning of the season when the Rams were just kind of rolling, and we're like, oh man, this Rams team is just so good. And then they kind of hit some speed bumps, turned it back around, got back on top, and uh, you know, now we uh, now we get to see him play Tom Brady and the Bucks. And I th- that's that's a fun that's a, another really fun matchup. So re- I mean, really, all these are are like you know when you, like you sit down. I think about it if I was in if I was in broadcasting, if I was a producer, if I was whatever. First thing I want to do is I want to write out like not necessarily headlines, but like points, right? Like um, for this matchup, we're broadcasting the Bengals Titans, right? What are the selling points of this game? And if you can think of them so easy, this is a great game to have, right? And we're looking at all four games have selling points out the ass. It's just like Derrick Henry's coming back, back you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the whole offense and uh, the whole just surrounding Cincinnati in general where it's almost like an underdog city that's coming out on top. And then they're playing the Titans, who, I mean, Mike Vrabel might be coach of the year. Uh, I mean... There's there's so much stuff surrounding that game that I like just drives me up the like I love it I love running the ball that's what the both teams are good at it yeah let's do that the Packers and the uh, and the Niners the Niners are a bully team love that right not to mention it's rematch from the NFC Championship game two years ago um and uh you know blah 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 plus the whole Packer story this whole season um. And then Bills Chiefs is electric. Bills Chiefs is electric. Like, remember, remember a couple years ago when the uh, Rams and the Chiefs played in that. Um, it was supposed to be in Mexico City, but they ended up having to move it. Yeah, yeah, and it was like what was it like fifty four to fifty one or something like that. Yeah, it was a big one. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of massive scoring, but this game could be a high scoring game like that, which is. Can be it's just fun to watch, you know. But offense is or doing it could big be things. super low scoring because both defenses have been playing incredibly lately. Yeah, it could. It could this be. This could go could anyway. Go no, way. that's that's definitely up there as like a, a super exciting game this weekend. And I agree with the, about, 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 about the Bengals and Titans as well. I think two of the games that uh, I'm not as as excited. I'm excited for all of them, but if like I had to say two that I'm not as excited for, it's like Packers Niners because I do think the Packers are going to wipe the floor with them, and then Rams Bucks just because. I despise the Rams and I don't want to see them win any games, but like I wonder does this Bucks team have enough to beat this Rams team if the Rams come out firing on all cylinders like they did against the Cardinals cuz they are stacked on the on the roster. So, uh I don't want to watch a game that <laughs> I don't want to be excited for a game where my rival might do really well. 
So that's the only reason there. It's my bias. But guys, we have kept you for like an hour and 15 minutes. So we're going to have to call it quits here. Uh, we dove into the playoff games, and, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as we talked about them because it was a fun playoff weekend, despite what you may hear from some people that don't like good football. Uh, but we have a way better weekend coming up. I don't think there's going to be any blowouts uh, like we had three of them this week. I think this weekend's going to be nothing but some really good competition, some really sh- good battles, close games. I mean, maybe one will be a blowout. Maybe one. That's the most. I doubt any more than one. Um, but as far as MVP ne- the news goes, I almost said I almost said knees. MVP knees. As far as MVP news goes, guys, uh, I'm Mike Pagano. That's Paul Helmers, and we will catch you guys later.